Shalom and welcome to The Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. In a conversation with a woman discussing the feeling of being protected and of losing that feeling, the woman shared with me the precise moment of when she, for the first time in her life, felt unprotected, vulnerable, and afraid. The woman went on to tell me that she has never recovered that feeling of sureness and protection ever since. For this specific woman, it happened after a ski accident when she was in a leg cast on crutches and while walking as such down the stairs, she fell down the staircase. At that very moment, she looked up into her husband's eyes and said, I lost it. Not understanding what his wife meant, he just pushed aside what she said with soothing words of, it's okay. She responded with, no, you don't understand. I lost my guardian angel. Many of us may not be able to pinpoint the exact moment that we lost our feeling of being protected. And many of us may have never had that feeling of being unconditionally protected by a higher power in the first place. What is important for this lecture, however, is the latter feeling of not being unconditionally protected by a higher power. In my book, The Gift of Sin, which will be in print, God willing, shortly, I speak of the first such human experience when Cain responds to God saying, and I quote to you the verse from Genesis, Behold, you have driven me today off the face of the earth, and I shall be hidden from before you, and I will be a wanderer and an exile in the land, and it will be that whoever finds me will kill me. The discussion there in the book is of the effect of sin on mankind. This lecture isn't about the effect of sin. Rather, the lecture explores the personal experience of feeling blessed and protected by God in everything that we do. King Solomon says, and I quote you a verse from the book of Psalms, If God will not build a house, its builders have toiled at it in vain. If God will not guard a city, its watcher keeps his vigil in vain. This is the protection and blessing of which we are speaking of. The Reichland family is a Canadian family best known for their property empire built through the Olympia and York Company. Being quite an affluent family, people often sought their advice and their secrets to success. Once at a wedding, two of the Reichland brothers were sitting at a table and a man was pestering one of the brothers to share his secret to success. The other brother couldn't take it anymore and replied, it is 97% mazal and 3% intellect. Mazal means luck. To which the first brother then added on, and all that we do is pray that the 3% of intellect should not get into the way of the 97% of mazal. What paralyzes the majority of the population from the pursuit of happiness is precisely the 97% of luck that it takes to become successful. You see, if one accepts that it takes 97% mazal and at the same time believes that they don't have any mazal, then they are paralyzed of even beginning their pursuit. In this lecture, we, we are going to uncover how to bring mazal into our lives and how to bring the tangible feeling of being unconditionally loved, blessed, and protected by God into our lives. 
We are going to start with reintroducing the Medrash of last week's class concerning the first commandment that the Jewish people received to establish the month of Passover called Nisan as the month of the year. So, first, the Medrash, the homiletic teachings of our sages, quote the verse, This month shall be to you. This is what the verse states. Praiseworthy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people that He chose as His inheritance. When the Holy One, blessed be He, chose His world, He established for it new months and years, Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. And when He chose Jacob and his sons, He established in it the new month, the Rosh Chodesh of redemption, and in it they will be redeemed in the future. As the verse states, As in the days of your exodus from the land of Egypt, I will show him wonders. That is the homiletic teaching of the sages in the Midrash on the verse that commands us to start the month cycle with the month of Nisan. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob celebrated only Rosh Hashanah as the beginning of an annual cycle in which Rosh Hashanah was the first day of the first month of the year. This first month was Tishrei. However, now that God chose Jacob and his sons, we are commanded to continue having Rosh Hashanah the first day of the year on the first day of Tishrei. However, the first month of the annual cycle is to be on Nisan. Thus, the Jewish people now celebrate our New Year's, our Rosh Hashanah, on the first day of the seventh month of the year. Why? The verse commanding us concerning Rosh Hashanah reads, and let me read to you the verse in Leviticus. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first of the month, it shall be a Shabbat. Over here the word Shabbat does not mean what we call Shabbat, the seventh day of the week. Rather, the word Shabbat simply means over here a day of rest in which work is prohibited. Let's go back to the word, the verse. It shall be a Shabbat for you, a remembrance of Israel through the shofar blast, a holy occasion. Let us now look at what our sages comment upon this verse. All sevens are forever precious. It goes on to start listing the seventh in different categories. Of the heavens, Aravot, which is the seventh heaven. Of the lands, Tevel, which is the seventh land. Of generations, Chanoch, who is the seventh generation from Adam. Of the patriarchs, when you start from Abraham, it says Moses, which is the seventh generation from Abraham. Of sons, it is David. King David was the seventh son of Yishai. Of years, it's the sabbatical year, the seventh year. Of the sabbatical years, the jubilee year, seven times seven, and then goes the jubilee year. Of days, and God blessed the seventh day. Of months, in the seventh month, on the first of the month. That's the teaching of the Medrash upon the verse that commands us that on the first day of the seventh month we're to make it Rosh Hashanah. What we see here is that the power of the month of Tishrei is precisely that it is the seventh month of the first month, Nisan. The very number seven means that it is the seventh of the first. Thus Tishrei's power, by definition, is the power of being built upon the power of Nisan. The first, the seventh to the first. This week's lecture, last week's lecture, and next week's lecture are built upon very special teachings of the Rebbe and his predecessor, the third Rebbe of the dynasty of Chabad Lubavitch, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch, known as the Tzemach Tzedek. He passed away 151 years ago in the year 1866. 
Just days before the Tzemach Tzedek passed away, he delivered a mystical teaching upon the significance of the Tishrei cycle and the Nisan cycle. The Rebbe in 1966, on the 100th anniversary of the Tzemach Tzedek's passing, delivered three mystical discourses on the discourse of the Tzemach Tzedek. Last week's lecture, titled Effort versus Faith, was based on the first discourse. This week's lecture, called Top of the Seventh, is based on the second discourse. And next week's lecture, Finite Seeds for an Infinite Harvest, will be based on the third discourse of the Rebbe in 1966. The focus of the lectures produced by the Jewish mind is to bring forth from these timeless teachings of the Rebbe practical solutions to our modern day issues. And so it will be with this lecture called Top of the Seventh. There is an interesting argument whether the world was created in Tishrei or in Nisan. The reason why we celebrate Rosh Hashanah on the first day of Tishrei is because the conclusion is that the world was created in Tishrei. Or to be more precise, the first day of creation was on the 25th day of Elul, which means that on the first day of Tishrei, six days later, mankind was created. And thus, this day is celebrated as Rosh Hashanah. However, my friends, the Talmud states the opinion of Rabbi Yehoshua that the world was created in Nisan and brings proof to that effect. In the eyes of Kabbalah and Hasidus, the depths of the Talmudic teaching which states that these and these are the words of the living God, is taken in the practical sense. It's not just poetic that these words of this opinion and these words of this opinion are both of the living God. But no, it actually in the practical sense when there's an argument, these and these are both right. The physical application will primarily follow one opinion. That's why we only celebrate Rosh Hashanah according to one opinion, which is, in Rosh Hashanah, which is in the month of Tishrei. However, all opinions are practically true. There are different dimensions of reality, and thus the world's creation took place on different planes of reality in different forms. Allow me to explain. The concept of time on a spiritual level means before and after meaning that we are talking of different dimensions of reality in which one comes before the other, meaning one is higher than the other. The Nisan time is the reality of miracles. The name Nisan has in it twice the letter Nun, Nisan, of which the Talmud states, miracles of miracles will be wrought for him. The Tishrei time is the reality of nature. Let us explore this a little further. Hasidus explains that before God created the world through God's speech, as the verse in Genesis states, and God said, let there be light, let there be, and let there be. God said, speech. But before that, it first aroused within God's thought to create the world. And within God's thought, God estimated all of the creation as it will be with each creation and its precise details. What Rabbi Yeshua is saying in his opinion that the world was created in Nisan is that the original thought in which the world was created was in Nisan, in the realm of absolute miracle, miracles. And that only after that was the world created in actuality through God's speech in Tishrei, in the realm of nature. What does this mean? The word Nisan has two Hebrew letters, Nun in it, and I quoted for you the Talmudic teaching that one Nun is miracles and two Nuns are miracle of miracles. 
In Kabbalah and Hasidus, this represents that the spiritual time of Nisan is the manifestation of God's unsolicited and untouchable infinite desire for kindness of God. While the spiritual time of Tishrei manifests themselves in the days of awe, meaning the emanation of strictness and justice. In other words, the way God actually created the world through His speech is that whatever comes from above is earned from below, in which our actions are the cause and God's actions thereafter are the effect to our actions. Even when Kabbalah and Hasidus explain that through the sounds of the shofar and through our prayers and doing teshuvah repentance, we draw God from the throne of judgment onto the throne of compassion, this is done as an effect to our actions of teshuvah, prayer, shofar, of cause, and thus ultimately even this experience of taking God from the throne of judgment onto the throne of pa compassion is of the Tishrei nature realm of the emanation of strictness and justice, cause and effect. Rabbi Yeshua is saying that on a deeper realm, the world was created in Nisan, and the speech of Tishrei, Mother Nature, first existed in the realm of the thought of Nisan, and that because of this all, of the world has within its genetics the unsolicited and untouchable infinite desire for kindness of God. Hasidus therefore makes note that the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua is noted in the Talmudic tractic of Rosh Hashanah, which focuses on Tishrei, rather than in tractic Pesachim, which focuses on Nisan. Why? Rabbi Yeshua is here talking to us about the power of Nisan, not of Tishrei. The answer is precisely what Rabbi Yeshua is teaching us, is that deeply embedded in the origin and genetics of Tishrei is Nisan. And that all of Tishrei, Tractic Rosh Hashanah, is based upon Nisan. We will now understand the mystical secret behind the exodus of the Jewish people happening specifically through Moses. The sages state, and I quote to you again a medrash, Moses is the Nisan of the children of Israel. For the verse states, for all the signs and wonders which Moses performed. And who is the Nisan of Moses? The Holy One, blessed be He. As the verse states, and Moses built an altar, and he called it by the name, God is Nisi, Nisan, my miracle. The children of Israel were existing in Egypt in the realm of Tishrei, where they were under the limitations of Mother Nature, which is the product of the emanation of strictness and justice, producing only the relationship of cause and effect between God and the children of Israel. Moses, who is the soul of Nisan, was sent by God to the children of Israel to liberate them of their constraints and limitations, to take them out of the Egypt of Tishrei and to bring them to the Mount Sinai of Nisan. However, it gets deeper than this. Even Moses, who was a soul of Nisan, was a creation and thus a limited experience of Nisan. So to speak, Moses was a Tishrei of Nisan creature. Thus the Medrash went on to ask, and who is Moses' Nisan? The answer is God, who is the Nisan of Nisans, miracles of miracles, the unsolicited, untouchable, and infinite desire for kindness. This is what Moses gave to the children of Israel, which God gave to him. This is why the redemption of Egypt is real and complete. It is the gateway for the future and final redemption. 
And it is why our sages teach us that Moses, he is the first redeemer and he is the final redeemer. For what Moses brought into redemption of Egypt was not just his own limited Nisan, but also the infinite Nisan, miracle of miracles, of God that God gave to him. By doing this, Moses imbued and revealed within the Tishrei its source essence of Nisan. This will also explain for us the interesting wording of the verse when it commands us of establishing the month of Nisan as the first of all months. The verse says, This month shall be to you the head of the months. To you it shall be the first of the months of the year. Once the verse says that this month of Nisan is to be the head of the month, why does it need to then go on and say that we are to also make this month of Nisan the first of the months of the year? The verse is telling us that the original power of creation was in the thought creation of God and that this is what, what lay hidden within the genetics of Tishrei. This is what we must remember as we work our day-to-day -day Tishrei life, that our Tishrei work is in essence the work of Nisan, which permeates all that we do. In other words, when we do the finite limited work of a finite human being and we then embrace this work as our cause and effect reality in which our work brings us back results, we must first base this all on the foundation of faith in God. For ultimately, all that exists is from the unsolicited, untouchable, infinite desire for kindness of God. In closing, we can now return to the opening quote to our lecture from King Solomon. If God will not build a house, its builders have toiled at it in vain. If God will not guard a city, its watcher keeps his vigil in vain. Let's look at some quite sobering teachings about the human being. The verse in Genesis states, For you were taken therefrom, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. The Mishnah in Ethics of Our Fathers states, Akavya, the son of Mahalo, would say, Reflect upon three things. Know from where you came, where you are going, from where you came from a putrid drop, where you are going to a place of dust, maggots, and worms. Here is a very sobering teaching from the great Rabbeinu Bechaya. He says, An infant from its birth continues to dry, meaning decompose. From the moment of birth, we begin to die. Wow. These, my friends, are the Tishrei facts of Mother Nature. And the human mind and conscious are innately aware of this. Thus, regardless of how the spirit of man pumps him or her up, ultimately we feel the despair of our fragility and futility in ourselves and in all that we do. The way to get beyond this feeling is to allow Moses to imbue us with his power of Nisan. And even greater than this, to allow Moses to imbue us in our day-to-day -day lives with the Nisan of Nisans that God gives to Moses. This is the only way for us to feel the experience of being blessed and protected by God and that His protection and blessing of God turns everything that we touch into an infinite experience of success. Practically speaking, the way to allow Moses' gift of Nisan into us and to let Moses give us the Nisan of Nisan that he receives from God into us is by allowing Moses to lift our heads and free our paradigm from its Egypt. This happens through our studying the teachings of Moses and then allowing it to permeate into all our affairs.
Friends, modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. Here at the Jewish Mind is where modernity meets Judaism.